Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Wednesday, March 15th, 5.30 a.m. Central Time as I speak here. May corn futures up five and a quarter at 626. May soybeans up one and a half at 14.95 and a quarter. May Chicago wheat up six and a half at 702 and three quarters. May Kansas City wheat up three and a quarter at 821. May spring wheat up four cents at 854. We're going to start off with China and a rather large purchase of U.S. corn that was reported yesterday. So China is, in fact, back in the market for U.S. corn. USDA reported a flash sale of old crop U.S. corn to China, totaling 612,000 metric tons. It's about 24 million bushels. This was the first flash sale of U.S. corn to China since August of last year and the largest since April of last year. We had some rumors a couple of weeks ago that China had purchased even larger amounts. At that time, we were talking a million and a half or two million metric tons. Uh, none of that was ever reported. I don't know if this is late reporting or, or late uh, confirmation of those sales or something different. It doesn't really matter. U.S. corn has become competitive given the recent decline in prices. Brazil won't have much to offer until that second corn crop is harvested uh, in late summer. Brazil will be really busy shipping soybeans for the next few months. So the potential return of China as a big U.S. corn buyer could really have some drastic implications here. You know, I've done nothing but talk about the woes of the U.S. export program. Sales aren't where they need to be. Shipments aren't where they need to be. If China decides that they've really got an appetite for corn here, they've got to come to the United States right now. Um, Brazil, again, busy shipping soybeans. Ukraine has maybe some limited quantities to offer. And aside from that, really not much out there. Argentina's got major crop problems. So um, is this a one and done deal? I don't know. Is it a sign of things to come? I don't know. The market uh, reacted to this. I think the reason that, uh, if I had to guess, I think the reason the corn market kind of reversed to the upside yesterday is because of uh, this sale that was reported yesterday uh, morning at 8 a.m. Central Time. So we'll see if there's some more to uh, come here. It would certainly be a positive. Fund traders have liquidated a huge amount of length in the corn market. So CFTC released more backdated commitment of traders uh, data yesterday. In the week ending February 28th, large money managers or the funds sold a whopping 151,000 contracts of corn. This was the single largest one-week liquidation event on record. There have only been one or two other occasions uh, on, on record, which the records date back to 2007 or so. There have only been a couple of occasions in which funds sold a net total of more than 100,000 contracts in a week. They sold 151,000 in the week ending February 28th. You look at this chart on my screen here. This is the uh, net fund position. Um, you go back to 2020 and they were net short. They started to build length at the second half of 2020. They've done nothing but hold uh, some pretty aggressive length here for a couple of years now. And now you got this big spike down on this chart. They sold 151,000 contracts of corn net total um, in one week. They're still long about 66,000, which is the lightest net long in the corn market for the funds since I believe September of 2020. 20. So really interesting stuff here. So you had the funds sell a whole bunch of corn and uh, to go back to China, China came in and uh, bought the dip, I guess. 
Uh, they also funds sold a whole bunch of soybeans. They sold 57,000 contracts of soybeans in the week ending February 28th. They also sold um, some wheat, 21,000 contracts of SRW wheat. You've still got a pretty substantial net long in the soybean market here at 131,000. This net short in the SRW wheat market is pretty large historically. I believe that's the largest net short in SRW wheat for the funds since January of 2018. Hey guys, I did a, a premium video yesterday. How long do crop scare events last? I know for a lot of you guys, you have plans to sell grain on some sort of uh, weather event in the spring or summer. I'm going to wait for a weather rally, right? Okay. How long do these crop scare events last? When do they typically occur? What's the best course of action? I discussed all of this in yesterday's premium video. If you guys want to see that video and all of my other premium content, go to standardgrain.com. Sign up this morning, 50 bucks a month. Cancel at any time. No other fee, no other obligation. Nobody will try to sell you anything else. I'll send you over that video this morning. Black Sea grain deal talks continue. This week, Russia proposed a 60-day extension of the deal past Saturday's deadline. Ukraine quickly said that the original deal requires that any extension total a minimum of 120 days. The United Nations and Turkey said that discussions are ongoing. The UN wouldn't commit to a preferred time frame. They said only that their position is that this thing continues. I'm not really seeing much in terms of fresh news on the wires early this morning, although that may have changed by the time some of you guys watch this. We've got a crush report out this morning. This is the National Oilseed Processors Association, or NOPA. They will release February crush data at 11 a.m. Central Time. Ahead of this report, traders estimate that NOPA members crushed 166 million bushels of soybeans in February. That would represent a 7% increase uh, versus January, or I'm sorry, 7% decline versus January, and a small increase versus the same month last year. Still, that would be the best uh, February crush print on record if confirmed. U.S. Senators reintroduced a bill uh, yesterday that would allow for national year-round E15 ethanol sales. The Consumer and Fuel Retailer Choice Act is a bipartisan bill supported by uh, Republican Senator Deb Fisher of Nebraska and also Democratic Senator Amy Klobuchar of Minnesota, among others. Some segments of the oil industry are actually on board with this thing, both the uh, American Petroleum Institute and also the American Fuel and, Petro and Petrochemical Manufacturers have said that they could support a national standard. Earlier this year, the EPA said that it would allow summer E15 sales in some states, although those new rules would not go in effect uh, in until 2024. So this is more of a broad-based uh, thing that would be a nationwide uh, mandate or, or law, essentially, and uh, we'll see if this thing gains any traction. U.S. consumer inflation continues to decline. The Bureau of Labor Statistics released monthly consumer price index data yesterday. CPI fell to an annualized rate of 6.0% in February. It was 6.4 in March. The print was uh, very much in line with Wall Street expectations. The annualized headline CPI prints have declined every single month since they peaked in June of last year at 9.1%. This month's print 6% headline was the lowest since September of 2021. The stock market rallied on this. The S&P was up 1.7%. The Dow was up 336 points or about 1%. When you uh, look at the Fed, here's the uh, CME Fed tool on my screen here. There's a 24% chance that the Fed does not hike Wednesday next week. And there's a 76% chance that the Fed hikes by a quarter point. Almost nobody thinks you're going to see a half point uh, hike from the Fed next Wednesday. The cattle market was lower yesterday. Feeders were lower yesterday. A little bit of a corrective action here. In the outside markets, we've got uh, the U.S. dollar mixed to higher. Stock market's off. Uh, the S&P's down 50 points. The Dow Jones down 450. Kind of an ugly
ugly start here. Bonds are up. Uh, gold's about flat. Crude oil is up 19 cents, but still a pretty ugly trade. 71.50 last in the April WTI. Have a great day, guys. I'll talk to you Thursday.